Hello guys, got some more food for you. Welcome back to the table, Let's Feast. Guys, welcome to episode number 14 of the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. Guys, I'm so excited to be here right now. Thank you guys for taking this journey along with me to success, taking this journey along with me through triumph, through trials, and anything like that. I just I just wanted to take this time out to say I appreciate all my listeners from across the world, whether you over in Africa, whether you in Puerto Rico, whether you wherever you are checking into this podcast at, London, here locally, in Florida, uh, in, in the States, wherever you checking into this podcast and you press and play on this, I appreciate you because you make me who I am right now. So guys, that's enough of that gushy stuff. I want to get to the, um, but before I get to the meat and potatoes of the, uh, 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 of episode number 14, I wanted to take this time out to highlight some of my new listeners, right? Cause I've been reading my comment sections and stuff like that. And a couple people asked me on my TikTok, they asked me, um, Cause I, I do a lot of promoting on my podcast on my TikTok page. If you guys don't follow me on TikTok, go follow me on TikTok at Poet Jahogany on TikTok um, and Instagram also. But I do a lot. I do a lot of the promoting on um, TikTok than I do uh, on my Instagram. So I had some people um, ask me in my comment section, uh, "What is my podcast about?" So um, and, and and I relate that to a personal situation that I had to me most recently because uh, one of my coworkers they um listen to my podcast every week too, and um and I guess he spread the word to somebody that he knows and that person that he knows he came to me individually isolated from everybody else and he asked me the same question that um a lot of people ask me in my comment section on TikTok what is my podcast about what it's really about like and stuff so I wanted to take this little bit of time so um to to to, to tell people what my po- tell all my new listeners and people who are just this may be your first episode ever listening to my podcast i want to take this time out to um actually address what my podcast is about so all my to all my current listeners i ask for you just to sit this one to the side for a second i know that you you came to hear to hear, hear the food for thought right now so i just i ask for you to be patient with me a little bit and allow me to get and give me this time to address all my new listeners now to all my new listeners if this is your first episode here in the let's feast food for thought podcast with yours truly uh i I'm, basically what my podcast is is a mental health podcast right uh in the in its entirety it's a mental health podcast and um, i talk about truisms that we hold back in our souls that 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 prohibits us from propelling to be who we are as a person uh, and, and if we hold those things back basically we're, we're not only keeping a stranglehold on ourselves we're keeping a stranglehold on the people that love us and it allows us to stay stagnant and stuck in the same position that we were five ten years ago you know what i mean because we're not allowing ourselves to grow so this this podcast is basically for your mental health and to unravel some of the things that you don't feel comfortable telling other people and if i'm not telling you guys to be more vocal and and spread and 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 go out and tell all your skeletons to people and stuff like that that you already have a problem putting flesh back on yourself what i'm telling you to do if if you don't want to tell anybody like at least listen to some of the things that i go through my trials and tribulations so you can feel better about your situation and can help you unravel some of the things that you possibly may be dealing with now if you are choosing to be more vocal after hearing some information on this podcast like um um, hopefully that information that you tell people, um, it, 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 it helps them because it helps yourself. And now you can make your environment and the energy that you possess a little bit more fruitful. You know what I mean? A little bit more enjoyable for people to be around because you are starting to unravel some of the things that you was hiding from people in your closet. So um, but but in all cases, to all my new listeners, 
my podcast is not only the personal stuff. I also like to cover jokes. Like I have a segment called Time for a Serious Joke, which guys, we're going to uh, to all my current listeners and my listeners who've been with me from the beginning, we're going to get into a, a tad bit later. But to all the people who's just not listening to me for the first time, I have a segment called Time for a Serious Joke where I highlight Jokes. I just tell jokes in, in, in my own clever way. You know what I'm saying? I don't consider myself a, a, a stand-up comedian or anything, but I'm a comedian. And I, I'm a person. I'm sorry. I'm a person that has a personality. You know what I mean? I have a sense of humor. And, and, and I'm not all serious all the time. I have different layers of my personality that I like to address and I like to showcase to the people who may not know me. You know what I mean? And I feel like laughter is a great introduction because everyone loves to laugh, whether you're a girl, boy, little, small kid, older, adult, um, wiser person or whatever up there in your age or whatever. Every, one thing that I found to be so consistent the, the longer that I live is people still like to laugh. But what I think is... Society is so fickle these days to the point to where, and and, and, and in a lot of ways, I'm kind of pro because I I, I don't feel like I'm not a fan of anybody getting bullied or whatever when I'm talking about the younger generation and stuff like that. So I don't want this message to get misconstrued. But at the same time, understand the fact that sometimes things are just funny. So, and I feel like people are forgetting to laugh. Like people are so sensitive to the point to where you're actually forgetting to laugh. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of this cliche or this saying before, but I heard through a study or whatever. I'm not sure where the study came from. I think it was more of a study of word of mouth that I actually came that I came that it came from. When from my understanding, um, laughter can ex- expand your lifespan pretty much. And I actually find it to be true because I'm a naturally a happy person. Like I love to laugh. Like I'm not. I may not be the best comedian or the best person. That, that I mean, I say every joke that I say may not hit close to your home and may not make you laugh. But I try because that's just who I am as a person. I love to laugh and I love to make people laugh. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I wanted to add that element part of my person. I mean, part of my podcast because that's exactly who I am. And I wanted to make this a personal podcast when it comes to me being who I am. And not only. Uh, when you really think about mental health, everybody thinks when they hear the, uh, the words mental health, they think it's all come from a personal place. But sometimes all that personal stuff can drain you. So that's why when I'm done uploading, I'm uh, unloading some of the heavy stuff that I unload on all my listeners and stuff. The very next segment, I like to include my serious joke so I can break that up. You know what I'm saying? So I can uh, let, let you understand that everything is not as serious. Everything is not as, you know what I'm saying, as what you need to be. Everything is not the way that you want it to be and stuff like that. Everything is not what you want it to be. Everything is, everything, every, you could you could just possibly just do your thing and, and you could come out there and you could just laugh at a few jokes. Just laugh, guys. Just laugh. It's okay to laugh. You're forgetting to laugh out here. You're forgetting to laugh. Guys, it's okay sometimes. It's okay to laugh. You don't have to. I feel like what society's doing now is they're putting you in a vulnerable place to where when you hear a joke from a comedian or or from somebody, or not even a comedian on stand-up specials or whatever, like your Kevin Hart's uh, uh, the, the mega comedian stars out there these days. If Just somebody who's funny in your everyday living existence. When you come amongst those people and they say something that makes you laugh, what you do before you laugh you look around to see if everybody else is laughing along with uh, laughing at the same joke then you laugh like no that's not the way it should be if you find it to be funny just laugh 
laugh, guys, and, d- and deal with the consequences later. Just laugh, whatever, depending on what you're laughing at or whatever like that. But sometimes things is just funny. Laugh, increase, increase your lifespan. Laugh, just laugh for no reason, even if you have to. Make people think that you're crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, I'll be walking down the street from sometimes I park my car in a parking lot, in like in a public parking lot, Walmart parking lot, and I just go walk and I go have um, public interactions with people that I don't even know, and I just see if anybody can make me laugh. Like I just go walk down a grocery aisle or whatever and see if I could just see somebody that will actually make me laugh or if somebody's doing something crazy that'll make me laugh you know what I mean because I just want to stay in that natural element of laughter and maybe a lot of my frustration comes from because I was raised in the 90s right I was of course I'm an 80s baby but I was raised but the, 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 the core of who I am is in the 90s and the early 2000s because that's when I started to become more of who I was and I, how I would start to see myself in my in, in society and all of that all of that material and stuff that I grew up watching and stuff like that of course it was a lot of profanity and everything like that and i use a lot of myself and my serious jokes but anyways um it, it made me laugh but the comedians wasn't trying to offend nobody but they were just they was willing to go to uncharted dimensions just to get you to laugh just to make you laugh if they if they wanted if they made you laugh to the point to where you got tears coming out your eyes you got snot snot coming out your nose dang on boogers flying out your nose or whatever so you slobbing or whatever uncontrollably laughter they trying to get you to that point because what that does is that increases your lifespan and not only makes them feel good and not only validates them but it, it, it it's, it's healthy for you at the same time and i feel like now in society we're getting away from laughter it's okay to laugh guys you don't have to be so serious about everything it's okay to laugh so that's another one of my segments for my new listeners and last but not least i had a dessert topping of the day and i have poetry break now what what i which i like to call cafe skeleton everybody already knows that i'm a poet you can just see it in my name like if you know me of who i am you know that i'm a poet whether it's me speaking poetry whether it's poetry with what with the theory with the topics that I'm talking about um and I'm a poet at heart like poetry is everything to me like poetry is the reason why I I'm on this podcast right now I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to get out to different people and I feel like it's different layers of poetry like, like I, to me everything started from poetry like but before hip-hop was invented before rock any type of music what where you had I mean people used to be sitting and excuse the noise in the background guys um um, and people used to write stuff down and people used to memorize it in their mind. And you don't know before you get in the vocal booth and lay down your tracks and lay down the melody. That's actually poetry. You know what I mean? So that's why I say I'm a poet. Like, and poet me, uh, poetry means everything to me because it's who I am. So, guys, in a nutshell, and I know my, my, my current listeners and people who listen to me um, all the time, I know y'all kind of mad at me right now because y'all ready for me to get to the meat and potatoes of the, of the podcast. But I just wanted to let all my new listeners who's, who, 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 if this is your first episode, episode number four. 14. If this is your first episode, um, listening to my podcast, I want to give you guys a synopsis and in a nutshell of what my podcast is, is mainly about. So guys, if you still have any questions, feel free to ask any of my followers, feel free to ask me in my voice messages on anchor and my, in my DMS on Instagram, uh, on TikTok. If you feel like you want to get to me or whatever like that, like feel free to ask away. If you're still inquisitive about a lot of things that I have to offer now with that said and done, I want to get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, guys. But before I do that, I'm going to take a quick break and you're going to hear from my sponsor. One second, guys. I'm going to be right back and we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of what this podcast is about for today. Thank you.
Hello guys, welcome back to the Let's Feet Food for Thought podcast. I just wanted to give the welcome mat to all my new listeners, to people who doesn't know who I am, and, and this may be your first episode listening to me and stuff. I just wanted to give the great, uh, the right introduction to what I offer to the table, and um, and um, hopefully that was good enough for you. But hopefully, um, you just don't start at this initial point. Uh, on to the future, I highly encourage you, just like you do with the Netflix, just like you do with the Hulu and now the Disney Plus, because our attention is just that great. We got to have all these different forms of entertainment. But just like you binge watch all the stuff that you have yet to watch or whatever things that you're interested in, I want you to binge listen. Right. So what I want you to do for if you're a fan of the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast movement. If you're a fan of me and everything like that, I want you to go back from episode all the way back to episode one. And um and in incremental phases, gradually, I want you to get back to this point or whatever. Hopefully, I'm entertaining enough for you to go back and do it. And so I, I I'm putting a lot on the line. I'm putting a lot of I'm putting a lot of my creativity on the line, and I'm going to vouch for it and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure all, to all my new listeners, you're gonna if you you love this episode and this is your first episode listening to me, I, I know that you're gonna love all the stuff that I don't already um put in my archives on this podcast and stuff like that. So without further ado. Let's get into the meat potatoes of the um of the kind of the food for thought today that I'm going to bring to the table for you guys. Um, today I want to talk a little bit about um something a little personal. I mean, personal as far as my growth and my development. I want to talk a little bit about it. Um, I'm like, I'm on I'm gonna, um rewind back the time to a time to a place where I was where I was actually struggling uh, on the financial side and on the personal side. I have a lot of people that always ask me, Jahogany, why are you always happy? Every time I look at your content on social media, you, you always seem to be some uh, humble and happy-go-lucky guy. And I'm going to tell you the reasons why I am. If I come across to you that way, uh, which is real, it's 100%, it's nothing fake, it's all uh, it's authentic, so it's real. But um, I'm going to tell you why uh, I have this and why I feel this way and why, um, because I come from some very, very, very very um humble beginnings and this was and what i'm and the story i'm about to tell you guys about now is um it's, it's going to highlight why i feel the way that i feel now because i feel like i came from a situation that you know what i mean that forced me to be to stay humble no matter where i go in life but um i used to uh, when i moved out of the house when i was 18 um i moved out of my, my family's house when i was 18 i went out in life hit my head up against life a few times made a couple of decisions that that uh made me become more of a man at a at a faster pace than I was ready to become one and um and um I eventually um moved back to my family's house or whatever like that because I had hit a financial turn I mean a financial burden and I needed some assistance but when I went back I um I didn't go back and was a leech on other people I went back with my own pro- with, with my with my own slashes behind my name like I had a job and and I, I and I wanted to prove to them that I didn't want to be so reliant on on, on those individuals that was giving me their roof um was was a sparing a, part, a section of their roof to to me to to cover my head and cover everything that I needed to do to get back on my feet but I feel like in a lot of cases and that when I was in that situation. I feel like the only reason why I was there so long, with the exception of my of, of my own procrastination and me not doing what I needed to do to take accountability for the situation I allowed myself to stay in, with the exception of that, I feel like the reason why I was there so long when I went back to live with my, my family for the first time, for the second time was 
I felt like I wasn't getting as much leverage and as much and, and having the same options that a lot of other my peers had. And this is no diss to none, none of those my those family members or anybody like that. This is no diss to none of y'all. Now, like this is like I'm not trying to air nobody out. I'm not trying to do anything. This is just truisms from my soul. And this is how I feel. I felt like I didn't have the same options that a lot of other people had. You know what I mean? As far as like getting out and 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 and, and getting co-signers for cars and I felt like I had to get it all by myself. You know what I mean? With the exception of my mentor Who actually was very instrumental in helping me And everything like that uh, I went to go live with him for a period Or whatever like that Like there, There's been some things and stuff like that That I've been through But but when, when I was living with my family I felt like the reason why I stayed so long Was because I wasn't getting the same help And I had to take the longer route I had to take the longer, longer route And sometimes I feel like it's a lot of my listeners That may be listening to this right now We may be in a situation where We're, we're going to we're, we're going to live with family and your family is not really giving you the support that you really, really need to help actually help you get to where you got to go at a faster pace and whatever like that. So that forces you to take the longer road with no shortcuts. But what that longer road does is it builds character. So therefore, when you're walking and when you're just slowly getting to your, your destination, you're able to see different things that people horse getting there faster are not able to see kind of reminds me of the rabbit and the turtle you know what i mean like the uh, the, the turtle was so down, so slow uh, opposed to the rabbit that the turtle was able to notice little shortcuts here along the road to where he was actually able to take a shortcut and win the race or whatever but that still didn't stop him from finishing the race so that my story kind of reminds the of the rabbit and the turtle that too so at the same time um, I felt like that, that 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 trial in my in my in my life that that period in my life it helped me become who I am now. So while I was there though, and I know I'm rambling right now, but so while I was there, um, I had I got headed like I said I had a job. I used to work at a warehouse, a distribution center, right? And um, there was a guy at my job. Uh, well, it's actually two guys, but this one guy I used to call Einstein. His actually his real name was Clifford, but I used to call him Einstein because every time I went to work, he would always drop this deep stuff that makes you because you know it's so it's so easy to be consumed into the everyday nine to five living and stuff. It's so easy to get consumed and easy that easy to think that you're never going to get anywhere and it's, uh, you're gonna I have to settle into being that. But Einstein was not that guy. Einstein would come to work and he would always be so uplifted and he would he would give you some truism. He would drop some gems on you that would shine may not shine in that moment, but it would shine later. But he would always do that. And but there was this other guy, right? He was the shoe connect. I call, used to call him the shoe connect because he used to always come to work because at my job at my job at the time, there was no dress code. You can come to work and dress the way that you wanted to dress in the warehouse because the only thing you had to do was come to work, come to work and do your job. That's it. But they didn't they didn't require a dress code. You used to come in and dress like anything you wanted to be. You can come and dress like Steve Urkel if you wanted to. As long as you got the job done, nobody cared about what you wore. So when I was introduced to the shoe connect, the shoe connect well, was ex-military and he he had a whole bunch of different plugs and everything like that. And he knew all the plugs when it came to getting shoes and fashion and stuff like that. He was just into that type of lifestyle and I was into it too. But the only reason why I'm the only outlet I felt like I had for my personal situation at the house and that would um, that would isolate my mind from all the pressure that I was dealing with was fashion. I, I love to I love to dress. I love to go out and I love to do certain things and I love to show off some of the things that I wear and stuff like that. Not not mischievously, like not in a playful way, but like kind of like in a way to where they like 
shows you more of who I am as a person, more of my character. You know what I mean? So um, the little bit of checks that I was getting from my warehouse job, I would be blowing it all on fashion um, with the shoe connect and stuff like that. And I remember one time in particular, he came to work with some LeBrons. Man, I man, he and he didn't have no extra pair, like none of his plugs that he knew had any other extra pairs. Cause usually they had extra pairs where they would be in the fresh in the box and he and I would have to order them from him and he would uh come to work and he would give them to me from his trunk or whatever like that. But um none of his plugs had those LeBrons and he was the only one that that was his only pair of shoes, but I wanted them so bad. I was like begging, I'm like, bro, let me get them, I'll pay you extra, whatever it is you gotta do, whatever it is you want me to do, bro, I'ma get those things. I want those shoes, bro. And he was like, bro, you really they want these shoes huh i like yeah he said bro i'm gonna sell them to you off my feet man how much y'all like how much you want to buy them for i like man how much you gonna sell them for i wanted i i, I blow my whole check on them i wanted them so luckily for me he only charged me a hundred dollars and i had a lot left over or whatever but the whole time while me and the shoe connect is creating this 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 connection with each other as far as like uh buying clothes and stuff like that me buying his shoe me buying shoes from him and buying clothes from him and stuff my, my friend Einstein at the job, he was back taking notes. He didn't say nothing to me. He said nothing to me. He was just taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. And I remember one day in particular, to get f- further in the story, I remember one day in particular, Einstein was just like, I guess he couldn't take it no more because he just took a liking to me. Me and him had a good connection or whatever like that. We was cool. We was, hom- we was homies and stuff like that. And we was always talking about deep perspectives and stuff like that and things that was holding us back in our life. And I remember I used to tell him some deep stuff, not dark stuff, like none of my family's business, but the burden that it was causing on myself by me being in the situation that I was in. So Einstein pulled me to the side one time and he was like, man, I understand the fact that you don't have your own car. I was like, yeah, 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 man. You already know that, bro. Like you already know that. I already told you. He said, man, I understand all that, man. I understand that. And he was like, man, but you would never get there. You keep buying, I'm blowing your money on all these clothes and shoes that you buying from the shoe connect. You would never get to where you got to go, man. And and at the time when he said that, I was like, I, I was more defensive. I wasn't defensive um, vocally, like right there in front of him. I was defensive in my mind because I'm like, man, everybody always had this advice. Like everybody always had this damn advice on, 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 you need to do better with your life and stuff, but nobody's helping you get there. You know what I'm saying? So when he said that, I clicked on him in my mind, but I didn't want to be disrespectful out loud. Not that I was scared of him or anything like that, but I, I respected the, all the Jews that he would drop on me. So I didn't want to disrespect it by disrespect his word by saying, by being so damn defensive about it. So he was like, I was like, bro, like in my mind, I was just like, bro. Like, you, you're not helping me get there. Like, are you trying to help me, like, get us some money or whatever like that? But I, I, more than I realized that he was actually helping me and actually giving me per, some perspective on you would never get, leave your situation if you keep blowing money on all these clothes because what it's doing is you're broke, 100% broke. After you buy all these shoes from old boy, you don't have a car. You are riding buses on your off days. You ride buses. You be telling me that you be going here, you be going there, but you doing all that on the bus. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting nowhere, bro. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna like you. As much as you complain about the help that you're not getting, the much as you complain about all this other stuff like that, you're you're allowing yourself to stay there because, um, because all this money that you're blowing on all this fashion and these shoes and clothes and stuff. He said, look at his situation. He used the shoe connect situation uh, compared to mine. He said, man, every time we leave work and we clock out, he goes to his nice car and he get in his car and he leave. He said, what do you do? He said, either you walk. And I had, at the time, I had bought myself a bicycle. I was, man, look, I was making boring fun in that bad situation, but I didn't look at it. It was bad until Einstein told me. He said, man, but what do you do? 
either you have to carpool with somebody or you walk because i was walking too or you ride your bicycle all the way home and it was a long ride home it wasn't no it wasn't even walking distance from to get from my house my family's house to my job it wasn't walking distance at all so he said either you carpool with somebody somebody's happy enough to want to take you home or you walk or you ride your bicycle those are the three options that you have do you know how desperate that you do you know how desperate you look and when he was telling me this stuff i was just staring at him I was like, I was mad. I was get, I was boiling up on the inside because I couldn't believe that he would actually say this. But I, but, but I needed to hear this though. So that's why I didn't have no rebuttal for him because I felt like this was a moment where that I need to consume and I need to take accountability for to help me grow because nobody around me was telling me this. They were just letting me spin, 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 being broke, can't go nowhere, not doing anything, and nobody was telling me these gems and stuff because my mentor at the time he was busy, busy. Like he was, he had a job and stuff, and he would help me here and there. So I found some comfortability with his help and stuff, but it wasn't consistent the way that I wanted to be with what I was dealing with, you know. So when I heard this from Einstein, I felt like I felt a, I felt something in my soul. I said, you know what? Maybe this is my fault. Maybe this is my fault. But the only way that I knew how to cope with my bad situation and have an outlet, other opposed to drugs and opposed to all the stupid stuff that you know people from doing, is fashion. It, it, I had to find some type of way at the lower level to isolate me from the pain that I was dealing with. So I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. But what he was saying was, you are not, you're going to stay here. You're going to stay here for years and years on end, and you're going to keep being broke, and you're going to keep paying rent to your family, and you're never going to go anywhere. Because you allowing yourself to stay here because you ain't saving no money to get out of here. You still walking. You think it's cool. This stuff ain't cool for a 20-something-year-old man to be sitting right here walking. No, as hard as you work, as hard as you work and as wise as you are. He was telling he was talking to me about this. He said, as wise as you are and as woke as you are, whatever you want to call that, as entertaining, you have a great personality and stuff. This job is not for you, man. But you allow yourself to stay here and stay with your family, all because you're not preparing yourself in the right way to get yourself to exit outside of this situation. So once I got that realization, and once I got that realization, I actually got some perspective. And but before he exited the conversation, he left off with this. He said, "When that dude, the shoe connect, um, not have his nice shoes on, he hopping out of his own shit, wearing his nice shoes, and he looks even better." He said, "Man, you buying all this stuff from him? A guy that's doing better than you, you buying all this stuff from him, and you got on all these nice clothes and shoes, and you walking in this shit, and you walking." You walking. Well, you walking with some nice LeBrons on. You walking with some nice J's on. Down the street. Blocks. You rocking to catch the bus and nice LeBrons on. That don't match, man. He said that don't match, man. And he said your shoes look better when you're hopping out your own shit. And when he said that line, I be, I believe that line was would, would stay with me forever. I think I'm going to make a book out of that, man. Or something, man. Because... Because, dog, like, when he said that, because it registered me so much because I love fashion at the time. Fashion was my thing. You know what I mean? That was my only outlet. That was my addiction pill. That was something that I needed to keep taking in order for me to feel vital and for me to feel strong. When I walk outside with that fresh outfit on, them fresh shoes or whatever, I feel fresh. I feel like my confidence is at an all-time high. It's like a guy getting a fresh haircut from the barbershop. You know what I mean? That was My confidence was on that level. My confidence was on a Kanye level when I had on a nice clothes and shoes and stuff. But I was still broke. I was broke with all that nice stuff on. I wasn't I wasn't going nowhere. I was allowing my family to keep using me, keep taking money from me, me keep paying me, keep going going to a room that was lended to me all because 
I wanted to stay confined within my situation. And I didn't notice that because nobody never broke it down to me like that until Einstein did. I was like, you know what? You're right, bro. So when he said when your shoes look better, when he's stopping out your own shit, I was like, bro, that's fire right there, man. Thank you. And I ended up thanking him. And I was hot in that moment. But I think a few days later, I went back to Einstein. And I said, bro, thank you, bro. Nobody's have ever broke it down to me like that. I appreciate you for saying not even my own family, uh, people that I love and care about. Nobody's ever pulled me to the side and broke that down to me like that on some real shit. Nobody ever said that to me, man. And I, and I was I remember thanking him so much. He said, bro, I'm here for you, bro. We talk about this all the time, man. And me and you friends. And I feel like I'm not being your friend if I don't tell you this, man. Because I just kept seeing you go buy stuff from him. And I'm not hating. I'm not hating on at all because I got money, too. Well, me and you make the same amount of money. Boom, boom, boom. I could buy it. But I got a car. You don't have a car. You keep coming to me asking for your situation, telling me about your situation. And I feel like you and him, you prohibiting yourself from reaching that next level because you keep buying stuff from him. Bro, you don't have nothing. And I just like, man, bro. I was like, man, that's real right there, dude. That's real. I almost partially dropped the tear, man, because nobody ever broke it down to me like that. And I needed to hear that. I needed to get out of the twilight zone. I need to prepare myself to get to where I need to go. I need to get my own house. I have a son. I had a son. I mean, I still have a son, but I'm saying like my son was real young. My son at that point really, really needed me. Yeah, I didn't have no car to go and pick him up. I was catching two, three buses to go and see my son to go pick him up. I would catch the bus and on my days where it was time for me to go get my son. I would catch two, three buses to go and pick up my son. Go have to wait like another hour and a half to wait on the next bus. During dark times and everything, I got my son in my hand. And I'm sitting at the dang on bus stop just waiting on the next bus to come. Anything could have happened to me in that moment. I was allowing myself to be in that situation. Allowing, potentially allowing myself to be getting harm, harm's way. Or allowing my son to be in harm's way. All because I didn't want to digest the pill that I had to save money and get myself out of that situation that I was complaining so much about. So when the shoe connect told me that my shoes look better hopping out my own shit, that hit something with me. That hit something with me. And I'm happy to say I, I, that situation has changed. That, that, inf- that little piece of information changed my life. Because now I may not have the best looking car. I may not have the best looking apartment. I may not have the best situation. But it's mine. It's mine now. So when he gave me that perspective, I started saving. I had to sacrifice some more things. I had to end up moving now. I, I don't end up doing a lot of things. And like I said, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm far from where I came from. You know what I mean? And I know that there's only one bonehead decision could probably get me back there. So what I'm going to do, what it did was, what that piece of information that uh, Einstein gave me, it offered me perspective and it allowed me to stay humble with wherever it is that I'm going in this life. So guys, in wrapping this story up, Hopefully this does a lot for you. Uh, what, basically what I'm trying to tell you guys is to take accountability for the decisions that you're making that may be he- having you held up in your own personal situation. Take accountability for this stuff. Stop playing the blame game. The blame game is already crowded with members and they keep registering. For some reason, they, they can see a whole dang on board game, a room of people that's already there. It's like you're going to line in Chick-fil-A. You see a whole bunch of people there and you still wait in line. And then you complain when the line is long. Same thing with the blame game. You, why are you complaining that the line's so dang going long? You complaining getting to the game. You're not even a part of the game, and you complaining getting to the game. And by you complaining, you already registered yourself up for the dang on blame game, and it's already crowded with members inside the blame game. You ain't gonna be, ain't no definitive winners in the blame game. That's why people keep registering, and nobody ever wins. Nobody ever wins. Nobody ever wins. Have you ever heard of a blame game winner? Nope. 
And if you have heard of one, you need to let me know because I haven't heard of that in my 31 years of living. So, guys, stop registering for the blame game. Take accountability for your decisions that you're allowing yourself to be a part of. And let's get better. That's transition. We have a lot of things that's in our souls and things that we have to be. We got people depending on us. And we will never get there if we're going to keep allowing ourselves to stay stagnant and not move. We have great things inside of us. And I know it sounds cliche, but we do, though. We do it. If you can wake yourself up to understand some of the things that you are prohibiting yourself from, your, your steps are in your own way. Because a lot of our own steps, we could we blame on other people. And a lot of my case, I probably blame a lot of my family more than I've taken accountability for myself. But once I realized from Einstein had told me what well, that information Einstein told me, I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm going to change things. And, and I was so embarrassed when I went back to work, I stopped buying stuff from the shoe connect. I mean, I would buy it in spurts. I still kept his number. I still got his number to this day. But I wasn't buying as much as I used to. I been stopped buying. He would come to still come to work in the flat stuff. And in the back of my mind, I wanted to buy it so bad. But I remember what Einstein told me. You would never get there if you keep going, get putting yourself in debt buying all this stuff. Your shoes look better when you hopping out your own shit, man. Your shoes look better to the listener who listening to this right now. Your shoes may not be actually shoes, but your shoes look better when you hopping out of your own. When you walking out your own apartment, your own house, the wind feels better. It's better on this level. The wind feels better. You know, you, you know the little movies that, that people had when they was um, going to pick up their newspapers and stuff, from the, and, they, and, and they see the mailman and the birds twerking outside and stuff. It feels better, guys. It's a new level up here. You may not have the best, but it's yours. Make it the best while it's yours. It's yours. Until you can afford to get more, make make get make some satisfaction out of what's yours. That's yours. Let it be yours. Put your own name behind it. Take accountability for your own decisions. And maybe I didn't need a co-signer at the time that I think thought that I needed at the time. Maybe I didn't need a co-signer. Maybe God was planning me to be my own, be an owner instead of a, being a, um, having somebody co-sign for me. Maybe he wanted me to stand alone. That's why I think about it. Not trying to get super religious, but maybe God's intention for my life at the time is for me to stand alone. Because if he felt like if I was going to be leeching on people and stuff like that, I would never know what it's like to be my own self individually. So maybe he wanted me to know what it felt like to have my own name on a piece of paperwork that... That I was 100% responsible for Right now, this car that I rock Sorry guys, we had a few technical difficulties But basically what I was saying in a nutshell Is that whole experience um, Humbled me to become the man that I am today So I thank God for allowing me to go through that And be patient enough to actually understand What he was trying to take me through you know what I mean? So, sometimes as humans, we get a little bit impatient and I'm no exception to that. You know, what I mean? sometimes I want what I want when I want it and I want it right now. But that's not the way it works. Sometimes sometimes you just got to wait it out. And sometimes you just got to let let some things come to you patiently in increments. Sometimes you just got to settle yourself. So therefore, you don't get out here and make no crazy decisions. You know what I mean? So that's what I was doing. That's what I felt like I had to do. And that's what I felt like. I felt like there's still some understanding that I had to go through and some things I had to learn in order to understand where God is trying to take me. But um, guys, that was basically what I was saying in a nutshell. But honestly, what I want to say to Einstein Einstein, if you ever hear this one day, man, thank you so much for the advice that you gave me. You know who you are. Thank you for 
being patient and thank you for putting our friendship on the line at the time you know what i mean even though we was even though we was really like associates at work you know what i mean we weren't really we never really hung out outside of work but we was like associates but um thank you for putting that on the line because a lot of people don't even do that a lot of people just let stuff to happen you could have been a hater in the background you could have just been saying this stuff and all this other stuff like that you gave me rides home um from time to time and um thank you for just just testing me thank you for just you know what i mean like pulling me to the side saying hey man boom 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 you need to do this and you need to do that you're never going to get there doing what you're doing man i know this and i know you are upset about this but bro everybody else they getting in their cars you the only one walking home from the job and you one of the best ones here you the only one you the only one walking home man you the only one got a bicycle people talking about you man people are talking about you in the lunchroom people talking about you people talking about you man and it ain't good and it ain't good so if that's the kind of credibility that um, is that's the kind of credibility that you want to have and stuff like even though you can't control what people say but it ain't it ain't good like people see what you're doing like i'm not the only one but i'm the only one that's bold enough to come out and tell you so i einstein i appreciate you man but i got a question that i want to ask you now man due to the fact that i am where i am right now like i said i'm not i don't have the best of situations but it's mine you know what I mean? I want to ask you a question, Einstein, if you ever hear this episode of the podcast. Now that I got my own shit, I remember what you told me. Your shoes look better when you hop out your own shit. Now that I have my own shit, I want to ask you this question, sir. Do my shoes look better? All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I got some more of the food for you on this episode. Stay with me momentarily. Hello guys, welcome back to the Let's Feast Food for Thought Podcast. Um, this next topic that I want to get into real quick is, it's called, Are You Bougie in Poverty? And judging by my last topic that I just got through talking about in the last segment, you could really see just from a glimpse of my story that I was being bougie in poverty. In my early 20s when I was living with my family and stuff, and I started to get addicted to fashion because and because I felt like it made me feel better where, where I was. But... This is the main reason, from from my own understanding, this is the main reason why I started to get bougie in poverty. Because saving money with no with no real help to get you where you was, having a, a lower income, a job or whatever, it took too long. It took too long. And me waiting, me uh, and me waiting to get to where I gotta go in increments and stuff like that, it got boring. And a lot of people don't like to admit that. It's just boring. Like, you know, let's just be honest here. Now, I feel like the only way that we're able to truly diagnose the situation and to, to help ourselves get better for and get and, and create the treatment plan for us to get better is to truly be um, truly um, basically be honest with ourselves. Like my, my situation, the real reason why I was stuck in that situation for as long as, as far as it being my fault is it was just boring. Like I wanted to have something that I, I didn't want to just be a person that just paid rent to my people, my family and, and had no type of life. Like uh, I already didn't go out. I already didn't go out to the clubs or whatever like that. I was very anti. So, well, well, I'm a people person. Don't get me wrong, but 
I don't like large crowds. So it's like, I, you know, I just break out in highs for some reason. Like, I, and I, I ain't, ain't, ain't nothing against nobody individually. It's just me. Like, I'm a homebody. Like, I like to be home. I like to enjoy my own company. So when I when I when I went out with other people, when other people would um actually invite me to places and stuff, I would turn them down. Not because I thought that I was better than them, but because I just truly didn't like to be around large crowds and big pe- and and people that that, that are of large numbers. And and when I was by myself. And when I was doing things by myself and stuff like that, the only thing that I actually did to enjoy myself was fashion, like buying clothes, buying shoes and stuff, or making up for all the stuff that I actually wasn't able to being um, growing up. I wasn't able to get my mother wasn't able to get me and stuff like that because we were low income housing, section eight housing, stuff like that. Like we didn't have much money going around and stuff like that. But so when I got me some sort of money after I got done paying rent and everything like that, and you know what I mean, got my bus pass and stuff. I wanted to actually enjoy the little piece of money that I had left. And me actually enjoying where I was, was fashion and shoes and buying clothes and stuff. So that made me being bougie and poverty. And I think one of the worst things that possibly could ever happen to me um, while I was down there, what well, I'm still somewhat like, but I, I'm doing a lot better than what I was. But when I was actually down there, down there, like when I really needed help, I think the worst thing that could have happened for me was getting compliments for the things that I bought myself, for the, the way that I accessorized myself, the way that I displayed myself, like my own billboard. Once people started to give me compliments, that was something new to an introvert. The reason why a lot of people are actual introverts is because they tried to be at one with society, but society didn't want them. Society said, you don't belong in this group. You need to go form your own group. Boom, boom, boom. So that, it kind of reminds me of the um, Nick Cannon character in Love Don't Cost a Thing. You know what I mean? Like Nick Cannon wanted to be with the popular crew. I think all of them wanted to be with the popular crew and they would do anything. They would sacrifice anything to be a part of that popular crew. Once they seen that that popular crew didn't want them, they were introverted. They started their own group or whatever. They were nerds or whatever you want to call them. They they started their own group. And um, basically they made it. They made they're not saying that they was bougie and poverty, but that's not um, that's not my point. But basically, like making fun out of the situation that was that uh, of a group that they was put in without their own permission. That's basically what I'm saying now. But once I put myself in that position, I wanted to somewhat feel good for being there. So buying fashion and buying clothes and buying shoes actually healed me in a way. But it allowed me to stay broke for longer periods of time. I could have got out of my situation a lot sooner if I wasn't bougie in poverty. I could have got out a lot sooner. Like if I really, really was tired of that situation, I would have saved money. The little piece of money that I had left, I would have found a way to save it. I would have found a way to cut back on the meals that I was eating. I would have found a way to do something to bring me out of that, to propel me and graduate me out of that situation. But. I didn't want to do that in a way because I felt like I was missing out on life and my my peers and people who was around me at the time, whether it was family, whether it was friends, everybody was coming around me flexing. Everybody was coming around me like being braggadocious and actually having all the nice stuff. And I wanted to be a part of that. But I just didn't want to be a part of that group. But I wanted to have a part of the things that 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 made them look good. So when I made my own money in some type of way with a little piece of money that I had left, I would spoil myself. I would spoil myself and I would actually. um, But I didn't notice that. Later on, I was actually hindering myself from getting out of the situation, from living with my family and going out on my own. 
I never really realized that until Einstein told me from my last segment. So, guys, but I relate my situation, my own personal situation to the situation that a lot of people out here in the world is going through coming from poverty stricken situations. Are we bougie in poverty? What is it that you're doing that makes you um, that's making you keep your steps in your own way? Sort of say, what are you doing out there that's making you feel bougie in poverty? Are you doing something to, to hinder your own situation without nobody else's help, without no affiliates helping you? What are you doing? Are you allowing yourself to stay bougie in poverty? And, and you don't have to be in poverty. You don't have to be from the hood to be bougie in poverty. Like there's a lot of situations where you meet people around the world and uh, around wherever it is that you stay and you have these encounters with new people. And these people will tell you stories about such and such and such and such and and you notice through the conversation, they like to stay where exactly where they are. They don't want to graduate to get nowhere else because they feel like graduating to that no that somewhere else will confine them to something that they never really exposed to, something that they never really was exposed to before. And they don't want to figure out what the who that new person may be. A lot of growing is scary for a lot of people. Like getting out of a situation, once you become comfortable and you become stagnant and you become used to your situation, getting out of that situation could be quite tough because everybody is not as strong as other people. So with that being said, we're going to have automatic people that's going to downplay us and and not congratulate us on our success of getting where we got to go. But you got to understand that if you are coming from a situation where you don't have much to have not, so to say. You got to understand, like, this is something that you really want. If this is something that you really want to get yourself out of because you want to make not only better for your family and people who love you, but for yourself. For you. By you taking this sacrifice, by you taking this risk, by you being adventure risk, not adventurous, adventure risk, by you being adventure risk, well, you got to understand what will you be doing that will... What 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 trail would you trailblaze down that would actually be better for your family and people who's willing to make that mark after you? Who's willing to follow you? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to stay bougie in poverty all because you're scared to get out of your situation? You're scared because people are going to be hating on you. And I know I felt that way. I felt that a long time before. I remember one time in particular, um, I used to record all my videos, everything that you see on my social media for all my listeners right now who follow me on social media or any one of my accounts. All those videos that you see, you can see that I post a lot. All those videos that you see, imagine all those videos just being in my video archive. And you not really loving and, 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 and me not being able to expose that part of myself. All because I was nervous because I didn't want people to look at me in a different way. I wanted people to look at me the same. I didn't want people. I already knew how talented I was. I already knew. I already knew how talented I was. I already knew that I can actually do some damage out here in this world. But for like a large portion of my life, I wanted to be like everybody else. So I was bougie in poverty. I was bougie in poverty in a way like, you know what I'm saying? Like not saying bougie is in a bad way, but being bougie, like in my mind, knowing that I could be out here and I could get great things and I could do it and I could strive to get great things and I could make a mark out here. I could be like, I could be different. Like I know I'm automatically different, but I could actually really be different with the label that I attached to myself. But that scared me in a way. And that may be scaring a lot of people out there. A lot of people may know how talented they are. I know this is just how I feel. I, I believe that everybody knows what their gift is. There's, situ- there, there's, there's some cases, there's some occasions where you're around your, you're around nobody else but yourself. 
and you have time to spend with yourself. And in that time that you're spending with yourself, you know exactly what you're good at. You know exactly the things that you like to do. But the thing is, you're just afraid to unwrap your gift in front of everybody. I relate that to the, to, uh, to, to, you know, since we're getting close to Christmas, I want to segue a little bit into how Christmas is and how, like, basically when we were, when we were kids, or when, um, a lot of adults may have children now, ima- just imagine you went back when you was a child or whatever, or you have children, seeing your children, everybody rush to the living room floor, and they go get under that tree, and they rush and open their gifts, and they rush and open their gifts. There may be one child in particular that may not want to open their gift in front of everybody. But in that moment, you may not be thinking about it. Think about being that child that doesn't want to open their gift in front of everybody. I'm going to relate that person to you. You may be the person that's gifted at everything that you do. You know what your gift is. But the problem is you want you don't want to unwrap it in front of everybody. So what that does is that leaves you in a situation to be bougie and poverty. That leaves you in a situation to actually make fun of where you are. And just to be like everybody else. And you don't want everybody to see you unwrap your gift. You don't want to display your gift in front of everybody. Maybe the gift that you unwrap in front of somebody helps somebody else unwrap their gift. Did you ever notice that? Or are you just selfish because you don't want people to look at you as that star in the sky that shoots across the sky that people will want to wish on? You don't want to be that person because that with that with that pressure comes a lot of hate. And you may not be built enough to handle that type of hate. But what I'm asking you to do, whoever you are that's listening to this podcast right now, stop. You know what your gift is. You know exactly what your gift is. Now it's time to unwrap it in front of everybody. I was that individual that would have all these videos that you see on my pot on not on my pot but on my on my stream um, ah, i'm getting tongue-tied sorry um i would have it all on my social media imagine all those videos that you guys know me for that you guys may have loved me for that you may like me for that you may dislike me for imagine all those videos just staying in my phone because what i used to do before i became so confident with who i am as a person I used to have all those videos and I would just record myself talking, all these catchphrases that I would make up in my downtime, being bored out of my mind, being creative, writing poems and poetry. And, and I would just record myself saying them and record myself recording myself in my room like I'm performing on the stage. I would pick up a microphone and a remote controller and use it as a microphone. You know, it's kind of cliche, but I would really do that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on no social media page. I would keep it all in my phone. I would clog up my own phone with my own archives that nobody's able to see. All because I was afraid of unwrapping my gift in front of everybody. But it wasn't until a time where I started showing it to different people that I didn't know. I started with my mother. I started with my mother. I started showing my mother. My mother already knew that I was gifted. She already knew what the child she had. So, I, But I wanted to get an outside opinion. So I started showing it to my friends that I work with and stuff like that to see if I can get an authentic opinion. And, and what, what, what was crazy was everybody gave me a different opinion, but it was the same results, if that makes sense. Everybody was saying, you're talented, man. You got to get out there, dude. Uh, dang, I, didn't, I never would have expected this out of you. You're so quiet. You're so introverted. You don't talk to people much. I would never expect this out of you. And once I started hearing that, that type of, not saying that I was looking for other people for validation because I knew what it was, but I wanted to see that I wasn't the only one that was thinking this about myself. Once I got that confirmation, I said, you know what? I'm never going to elevate. I'm going to stay bougie in poverty 
if I don't make if I don't make a different move, if I don't make a different chess move, I'm going to stay bougie in poverty. And this is my fault. So once I got that confirmation, I think that was God's way of talking to me. You got to get out there. You got to stop hiding all these videos. Take the critique that comes with your gift. Take the critique that comes with it. Everybody just want all the, the flashy stuff. Everybody want to be like these dang on celebrities all the time, man. That's cool to be like these celebrities. But do you know the stuff that they go through? They probably got a lot of problems that they ain't telling you. They hiding it because it's behind the glitz and the glamour. You know the old cliche? Everything that glitters ain't gold. A lot of that's true in these scenarios. But you want to be like these people. But you want to only just want the good stuff and don't want to take the trials that come with it. Man, what I'm telling you right now here wrapping up. Stop being bougie in poverty. And like I said before, you don't have to be from the hood to be bougie in poverty. I want to make that clear. You could be bougie in poverty born with a silver spoon in your mouth. But you but you don't ever want to get nowhere. You ever always want to you may want to live off your parents' money. You may not want to do nothing for yourself. That's a level of being bougie in poverty. Because you're content with where you are and you don't want to graduate to find new levels about yourself, new individualism that sets you apart from everybody else. That's a level of being bougie in poverty. So, guys, it's time to stop being bougie in poverty. Stop being confined to your situation. Let's grow more. Let's find new layers of ourselves that we're willing to grow into because we're not perfect. But it's no problem of wanting to get there. As long as you strive to get there, to find new levels about yourself, you will always be more and more and more in love with yourself. So you don't have to feel confined and have to be susceptible to the things and to the things that people want to take you through. You don't have to be confined to that. You don't have to be subjected to that type of stuff because you are now allowing yourself to stay bougie and poverty. You're always trying to grow. You're always trying to have individuals around you that's going to help you. That's a level of not being bougie and poverty. So let's do that. And once that once I found out that I was going to I was going to take the critique of what came with my gift and I was going to be the little kid that wants to unwrap my gifts in front of everybody, my life changed. Now I have a podcast, guys. No, like I said, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm far from where I came from. I got to keep I got to keep re, uh, reiterating that so I can really under, uh, make some people understand it. Because a lot of people under, think that they have to have so many followers on their social media, so many things. They got to be seen in some type of light. They have to be so I mean, performing at sold out events. No, you can start exactly where you are. Start exactly where you are. That's exactly what I'm doing. I start with excuses. I start doing more homework. I start reading more books. I start investigating these apps. Why do I want my son or my nephews and stuff to have all this technology and me be, grow up to be the old guy and critique all the younger generation and stuff? I say, no, I say, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be the guy that do it better than them so I can actually teach them. It's a lot of older people out there that want to critique these younger generation. I may be veering off my topic a little, but it's a lot of older people out there that like to critique this younger generation and like to say, man, you know what, man, we ain't have all that, man. Look how talented we were. We made something out of nothing. Yeah, that was for your time, though. It's their time now. But instead of you critiquing them and making them feel bad for all the stuff that they have, how about you introduce yourself to it? So therefore, you can use it better than them. And by you using it better than them, you're actually teaching them. So that actually makes you more a part of their generation. And they're going to invite you in with open arms. Instead of critiquing you and buffing up at you, wanting to fight you or cussing you out or whatever, they're actually happy that you uh, you made yourself a part of that generation. So therefore, they feel like they can explain more to you. They can talk to you. They feel more comfortable with you. But are you allowing yourself to stay bougie in poverty all because you want to stay confined to the things that you grew up as? 
And you want it, and you feel good knowing that you came from a generation that didn't have all this technology and stuff like that, and you feel like you're on the upper echelon. So therefore, you don't have to feel bad about your circumstances and where you came from. Well, that pride is ain't gonna do nothing for you. The world is moving. You better get on the train. Or do you want to stay bougie in poverty? Get yourself out of your confined, comfortable situation, and let's get to living. Because the minute that I started sharing my stuff, like I said, I don't have a million followers. I don't have a lot of people who know who I am. But guess what? It started as a group, but now I think I'm expanding to a colony. And I like to uh, equip it to the ants. I like to compare that to ants. It was one ant that started, right? One ant that started building the house. Then another ant probably came and seen what that ant liked doing. They came and did it with them. Then another ant, then another ant, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. It started as a small group. But the vision was so elaborate and other people loved what they were doing, it advanced into a colony. And I'm not too proud of this moment, but as a little child, I used to find it fascinating to go step on top, on, uh, step on ants' houses and stuff. I don't know why I did it, and I would quickly move my feet, and I just used to love to see the ants move around. But notice, you don't see many ants before you step on the ant bands. We used to call it ant bands, but um, before you step on the ant bands, you see little ants on top of the um ant bands, the house. You see little of them circling around. But the minute you step on it and move your feet, which I'm not too proud of, <laughs> but the minute you step on it and then you move your feet quickly, you see millions of ants. That's a colony right there. And if you don't have a colony in real life, have the colony in your mind. Because when you have that colony in your mind, the colony in real life is going to come to you automatically. Don't allow yourself to stay bougie in poverty. Because you ain't getting nowhere. You're not learning nothing but the stuff that you already know. And you want to hang your high, your, you want to sit on your high horse and hang your hat on that dang on ladder. But when the ladder came tumbling down, you want to start complaining on everybody else. Because the, you want to complain and be a hater to the people that's not bougie in poverty. Stop being bougie in poverty. Stop dang on acknowledging what your gift is, but not but being too afraid to unwrap it in front of everybody. You got to take that critique that come with it and take the success. You want to take the success without the critique. Man, they it's a package deal. It's like a compound word. Both of them both of them come together for a greater meaning. The trials and the tribulate and the trials the tribulations and the dang on triumph. All that comes with your dang on gift. Unwrap your gift in front of everybody and accept what you bring to the table because it's yours. But guess what? Not, not nothing that these people can take away from you, even the people that critique you. They can't take your gift away from you because it's yours. You, It's yours. And you can put your, put away your gift if you want to. It's yours. God ain't going to ever stop you. He blessed you with the gift and it's yours. He may critique you. He may whisper in your ear here and there saying, you know what? You didn't do this right. But he will never take your gift away from you. Stop being scared. A lot of people are scared because they feel like God is going to take their gift away from them. No, it's yours. He ain't taking away your gift. He was, you was born with it. And you acknowledge it. You know what it is. I believe everybody knows what their gift is. But too many people are afraid. Those same people that know what their gift is, they're just afraid to unwrap their gift in front of everybody. I'm not that person no more. I'm unwrapping all my gifts and I'm going to take the critique that comes with it. But at the same time, me taking that critique, I'm going to take the success that comes with me unwrapping my gift in front of everybody. That's what you do. 
All right, guys, I'm about to wrap this up. Just stop being bougie in poverty, everybody. Stop being bougie in poverty, and let's expand and get to different levels because it's greater on this side. Once you figure out who you are and you unwrap that gift, you got the gift, not unwrap it. Be the little kid that's excited to unwrap that gift in front of everybody. They don't care what the gift is. They just excited. They just so excited. And they, they have so much anticipation built up because it's Christmas Day. They got so much anticipation built up. They don't even care what the gift is. They just want to unwrap it. They don't care who's watching. They just want to unwrap it. And they're going to deal with the consequences of whatever kind of gift they got. But they still unwrapping that gift. They don't care. Be that person. Don't let that little child die inside of you. The birth of the inner child. Birth your inner child. All right, guys. With that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I got the serious joke of the day. Thank you. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another segment of what I like to call time for a serious joke. This serious joke is brought to you by Contents Anonymous. The motherfuckers in the world that like to throw rocks and hide their hands. <laughs> That ain't got nothing to do with the series joke, guys. I just thought that would be funny to, to open up the series joke of this week. Now, the series joke of the week is basically I want to piggyback off of the topics that I've been talking about today. But I want to add a little funny element to it, right? The whole bougie and poverty thing, right? So I remember like growing up uh, being bougie and poverty and all this other stuff like that. I used to see uncles and all this other stuff like that. But people that I knew and all this other stuff like that. Like all my influences. Uh, a lot of people that was around me, they were bougie and poverty, right? So I would notice that a lot of people that I knew, maybe uncles, friends and stuff like that. People, the influences that, you know, that I seen the most. A lot of these dudes would... Would, would go to the mall, buy fresh clothes, and get the fresh shoes, and go get the haircut, and everything like that. It would just be, that would just be, you know what I'm saying, be GQ magazine cover ready. You know what I mean? They would do all of that. And then, all of a sudden, I would watch them. They would be getting prepped up. They would get the, the crease in their clothes, and everything like they're getting their fresh out the cleaners and everything. And the only thing that they would do, they wouldn't even go out nowhere special. You know what they would do? They would stand on the corner and do not a motherfucking thing. <laughs> they would stand on the corner and don't do shit. They would stand on the corner and talk shit to their homeboys. They'll talk about LeBron. They'll talk about all them. All the prime. I think Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson and all them was out like in their prime back in those days and stuff like that. But they would talk about all those dudes and all this shit. And they ain't doing nothing but standing on the corner holding their fucking shit all day. Ain't did nothing. Ain't got no ambition to go no motherfucking where. But they'll go and buy the freshest clothes, get the newest J's, get the newest anything. You know what I'm saying? Go clean their cars, go clean their rides, get clean their rims and everything. Got the music bumping all loud. You coming home from school and stuff, they got the music bumping all loud. They show up, they showboating all of your fucking clothes and everything. And they ain't doing nothing. They ain't doing nothing all fucking day. But standing on the corner, ain't talking about shit. Ain't got no ambition to go no motherfucking well. You talk, they'll give you good game. They'll tell you anything that you need to do. They're basically sunning the fuck out of you. But then when you get older and you get somewhat they age, the motherfuckers ain't move no goddamn well. They was just standing on the corner, not telling a motherfucking thing. Just saying shit. Ain't saying nothing. 
He ain't saying nothing. They got all this motivation. They got everything that they want. Everything that they wanna that propel themselves to be. They saying it in that moment. But you come up, you grow up to find out the motherfuckers was just roof reachers. <laughs> They was bougie in poverty. They was just buying all this stuff for no fucking reason. Got the closet full of shit and ain't went no fucking well with it. <laughs> you would think they was finna motherfucking go to the goddamn New York and and, 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 and go on a model show and go on a runway somewhere. The motherfuckers ain't did nothing but running away to the motherfucking corner store in front of the A-Rab. <laughs> the motherfuckers were security guards for the A-Rab store. <laughs> Ain't doing shit, sitting there smoking weed all day. He ain't did nothing, dog. They sitting up there to the day. And then what's funny is, they would do all that all day, and they would go back home and get back up and do the shit the next day. <laughs> They'll probably be asking your help boys, <laughs> can they hold an outfit? Can they hold some shoes and shit? And they'll stand right back up there on the motherfucking corner in front of the Arab store and don't do shit. Free basing motherfucking cigarettes for twenty five cents. <laughs> Niggas, get y'all shit together, man. What the fuck going on? I used to be motivated by all them niggas, man. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy, man. But anyways, that's a serious joke of the week, man. Listen, man. Stop being bougie in poverty, man. Stop being bougie. Stop being a roof reacher, man. <laughs> you standing out in front of the A-Rap store looking up at the sky, but you really a roof reacher because you ain't went no fucking what? 10, 15 years later, you in the same fucking spot. You ain't did a damn thing, man. <laughs> Bougie and poverty, roof reaching ass motherfuckers, man. I'm sick of this shit, man. It's time for us to prepare to get better, man. We gotta be better, man. Stop being badass examples of shit, man. Getting cleaner clothes and shit, and you ain't did nothing, man. You got motherfucking creases all in your shit, and you ain't with no motherfucking what. You go back home late on that night, and you take that outfit off the outfit like a fucking mannequin, man, because the shit standing up because you don't put so much starch in your fucking outfit. Get the fuck out of here with that dumb shit, man. <laughs> roof reaching ass niggas. Niggas bougie and poverty, roof reaching and shit. Get the fuck out of here. Re- Dreams don't reach outside the roof because these niggas are always trying to sound all motivated like they motivated speakers but these motherfuckers ain't did a damn thing did a damn thing with these motherfucking life man so i'm sick of this shit man let's get our shit together man that's it <laughs> all right guys that's a serious joke of the week man when i come back i got the dessert topping of the day guys <laughs> see you guys next week hello guys welcome back to the Let's Feast Food for Thought Podcast. I am yours truly, Mr. Paul Jahogany, and you know I couldn't let you guys leave without the dun dun dun, dun dessert topping of the day. Now, the dessert topping of this week is, well, basically, I'm going to leave you off with a little, I usually have a topic for you guys, but I'm going to leave you guys off with a little short, short story um, called The Introverted Kid. Now, since it's so close to Christmas, I figured I'd have a little fun with this dessert topping of the day, right? Since it's so close to Christmas and I want to get everybody in the spirit of Christmas coming around the corner. You're going to spend time with your loved ones and you're going to see long lost faces that you haven't seen in a while. Maybe you're going to see somebody that you didn't want to see at all. (laughs) But anyways, let's get to the story. Now, the introverted kid. And his siblings, they always used to be so excited every time Christmas came around because their mom and dad always used to give them the gifts and stuff like that. And they used to uh, always love to go and open their presents. But the introverted kid, every single year for as long as he can remember, he was always the last one out of his room. Why? Because he.
he didn't want to open his presence in front of everybody. So what he did was he would sit back and allow his other siblings to 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 open up their presence in front of him. And he would just wait until they actually got done. And he would go up and he would grab all of his presents. If we take his presents to his room and then mom and dad, we used to always tell him, we used to always try to force the introverted kid to go and open your presents, man. We want to see you open your presents. We worked hard all year. And so, uh, hopefully no kids are listening to this section of the podcast because I would hate to ruin your childhood. <laughs> hopefully it's teenagers and adults that's listening to this part of the podcast. But anyways, um, he would always wait till his siblings got done ripping up their presents and they was all excited seeing what they got uh, all year from their mom and dad and everything like that. Um, and he would go and take all his presents that his mom and dad got him. He would take them to the room by himself where nobody was able to see him. And the only reason why he didn't want to open his presents in front of everybody because he didn't want to see his mom and dad's expression if he didn't like the gift that his mom and dad got him. Now, I said all that to say this. Maybe you are the introverted kid in the scenario. Maybe you are, because I believe, this is my own opinion, I believe that everyone knows what their gift is, with the exception of kids and teenagers at an early age. But adults, whether you are prime, I mean, um, 18, 19, 20, 21, you still got a lot of things to figure out. But um, for the most part, if you spend time, a little glimpse of time with yourself, you I believe that you really know what you want to do. You really know what your gift is. Now, maybe you have a hard time trying to obtain it, but you know what your gift is. It may just be a little bit hard for you to figure out and, 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 and manifest it into real life so you can actually make money doing it. But you know what you want to do. The problem with a lot of people is they're a lot like the introverted kid in the story because they are afraid to open their gifts in front of everybody. That's the problem that the problem is not finding your gift. The problem is opening your gift in front of everybody. And the real reason why they have a problem opening their gift in front of everybody is because they are afraid to take the critique that may come with that gift. They are afraid to take all the harsh feedback that they may get from exposing their gift in front of everybody and i think that that is hindering a lot of us in society i think a lot of people know exactly what their gift is but they just don't want to get exposed of what that gift may show them my mentor always told me this not to get too religious with you guys but i gotta drop a little little bit of wisdom in there for my mentor my mentor always told me that no matter what your gift is god will never take away your gift from you Now, what God will do if you're making bonehead decisions out here, God will punish you by letting an experience or something happen to you to where you can notice that he's trying to talk to you. But the one thing that he will never do because the gift was originally yours, he blessed you with that gift, you were born with that gift, he will never take your gift away from you because that is yours. You're talented in everything that you do. You're talented. That was your gift. It's exclusively yours. He will never take that away from you. But I think society has a way of making us believe that our gift will be taken away from us. So what that does is that allows us to breed envy for other people. Like we can see other people manifesting their gifts and we're so threatened by how amazing their gift looks. We feel threatened that our gift is going, their gift is going to outshadow our gift. Now, granted, they may be gifted at something different than you are. Or maybe it's the same thing, but you have to also understand that no matter if you two do the same thing, like y'all have the same gift, it's still different because you do it in a unique way and that person may do it in a unique way. So you're still different. 
But we feel in society, we, we feel so threatened by other people's gifts and stuff like that. We think that if we don't manifest our gift and we don't find out what it is, we feel that God may take our take our gift away. But God will never do that to you. God will just uh, 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 um, enlighten you on some of the mistakes that you possibly made using that gift. But he will never take it away. Now, this may be a bad segue, but I'm going to use him as an example. And guys, feel free to, to, to nail me against the wall. I'm willing to take all of the, fit, the harsh feedback or anything like that. But I feel like in this moment, I'm going to use him as an example. R. Kelly. Now, that name is very, very bad to use right now. Or better yet, Bill Cosby. Those names are better in the black community. Is is very bad to use right now. But I'm going to give them, I'm going to use their name in this moment because I feel like I need to bring my point home. Those two men, those two men, although they don't did bad things in society, allegedly, they don't did bad things in society to 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 leave us with a bad taste in our mouth, the taste of rope tussing in our mouth. I'm pretty sure a lot of guys growing up that in my age bracket and a little bit older than me, they know exactly where the reference come from. Now, that you, I say the word rope tussing, y'all just run for the <laughs> run for the border, y'all just getting on out of here. But anyways, those two individuals, those two men. The um, um you we know how talented those guys are now they don't did some bad things like allegedly they don't did some bad things but at the same time we still know them for their gift we still know them for their gift we still know them like we we still love them for what they did for us when it came to their gift now allegedly if they if these individuals were um actually did the things that they were being accused of God had a way of shining the light on them by them misusing their gifts, right? Whether it was a moment of flesh, maybe it was a moment of whatever it was. It was insecurities that was full blown that took over their whole identity. But guess what? They still have that gift. That gift is still resides within them. Like we still know that regardless of what R. Kelly may go through or whatever like that and everything that he done been through, what we know him for or whatever like that, when it came to his his case and his situation, we still know him for the gift of what he bestowed upon the earth. Bill Cosby, we still know him for being the father, the American father. I can't even say black father, the American father that he was in the sitcoms. And he predominantly raised a lot of us, including myself. We still know him for that. But he did some bad things with the power that that he had. He did some bad things with it. Allegedly, he did some bad things with it. But God never took his gift away from him. Right. Society will have you believe that your gift will be taken away from you if you don't use it if you don't use it at all you know what i mean it's not like no 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 that's not the way that it's done like god will punish you like by uh allowing you to see certain things that and how you abused your gift but he would never take the gift away from you so i want people now not that probably was a bad segue and a bad example for me to name in this moment but i just wanted to bring it home for you guys to understand now let's bring it back to a more clearer side like you may be afraid to unwrap your gift in front of people. Why? Because you don't want to take the feedback that may come with it. It's a package deal. It's like a compound word. They both have a separate meaning outside of each other. But when they come together, it's too, it's, it's, it means more even, it means the same thing, but just a little bit more powerful because they, they, they mean something a little bit better when they come together. It's like a compound word, your gift. Like you can't ex expect all the success without the trials and tribulations that come with it. 
A lot of people, we just want all the success that comes with our gift or whatever, but we won't want to take the feedback that comes with it. You have to understand that people may not like you because of the, the motivation and the drive that you have to, to, expo- to unwrap your gift in front of them. Like, because um, you may be exposing them not wanting to wrap, unwrap their gifts. And, and that may make them afraid of you and that may make them envy you or whatever. But that's not your fault. You can't let that deter you. You can't let that hold you back. A lot of us don't want to unwrap our gifts because we have other people attached to us. We have other people attached to us. And we feel like if we blow up, they're going to blow up because they're already hired on the inside job that we hired them for in involuntarily. We didn't want. They're just a part of us. They're part of our blood. They're part of our family. They're part of our we're they're connected to us. So we feel like we want to be bougie and poverty in a way. We want to stay stagnant because we don't want to blow up because we don't want to bring those people along with us. So that allows us to never unwrap our gifts. I want us to get out of that mindset and unwrap your gift. And no matter what comes with it, that's just going to take you to trials and tribulations and triumphs that you're just going to have to grow out of. And you're just going to have to become more of a person and understand how to say no to a lot of these things. And peer pressure is a mother. Like, let's just be honest. Peer pressure is a mother. Like, peer pressure is not going to get better. I'm pretty sure you heard the saying, every level is another devil. Like, let's, let's just be clear. There's, every level is another devil. And I may be speaking a little bit too forward on these things, but I'm passionate about this stuff because I really truly believe that there, pardon me, guys, I truly believe that there's everyone, with the exception of kids and early teenagers or whatever, I really believe somewhat that we know what our gifts are. But the problem is we just don't want to unwrap them in front of everybody. So I want us to get out of that mindset to where we are too afraid to unwrap our gifts in front of people. Let's that's, that's, that's get that. Let's that, stop. Let's stop doing that. Let's stop doing that. Let's that's, that's unwrap it. Let's that's let people know like what it what, what, no matter whether we wanted that, wanted that gift to be ours or whether we didn't want it to be ours. If we're passionate about it, if this what makes us feel like we're alive a little bit more, then let's that's, that's do it. Let's stop holding back a little bit. Let's stop holding back. And let's just keep going forward. That's because that's going to make us better people and it's going to leave more of a mark. And let's leave trust funds of love when it comes to the people who's coming up behind us. Trust funds doesn't always have to be financial. Let's leave a trust fund of love. You know, by us unwrapping our gifts because it's truly inside us already because we were born with it. All right, guys, that's it in a nutshell for this week. Make sure that you follow me on my Instagram. Make sure you go follow me on TikTok at Poet Jahogany and on Instagram as well. Make sure you follow me on Facebook at Poet Jahogany as well. I have a lot of things coming up, guys. I'm going to mention it once again. I have uh, my very first book coming out um, mid to late next year. 2020 called help me raise you confessions of a kid raising one i feel like it's going to help a lot of young parents not that i'm pro young parenting but i feel like it's not nothing out there for them to actually have a a manual to go through to go to to have these things um um to have them to have something to help them I feel like it's a lot of books out there, but I feel like it's not a book that's directed towards them that can speak to a lot of things that they're actually going through. So be on the lookout for my book next year in 2020. Be on the lookout for more videos, more sketch sketch videos, more comedy videos and stuff. I'm just a busy, I'm just a busy beaver out here, guys. I'm trying to make it where 2020 is my year. I'm claiming it. And I just thank all of you for supporting me all the time. You guys have always been supportive. I appreciate you so, so much. Keep supporting. Keep telling a friend to tell a friend about 
about the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast because I'm here to stay. And I appreciate you guys so dang on much. You guys have no idea how how much how much this means to me, this platform means to me. I started it this year less than two months ago. And you guys have made it uh, so far made it one of the best decisions I, I ever made. I've been hearing you guys talk to me all the time on my social media telling me that I need to start a podcast, need to do this, and because you guys been wanting to hear more from me. I thought the content, me posting up the content on my social medias was enough. But you guys wanted to hear more and more once you started to see me more. So um in increments is a better experiment. I'm starting to give it to you layer by layer. So guys, thank you so much. And thank you, and that's pretty much wrapped it wraps it up for episode number 14. Um and you guys already know how I end each and if you're new if you're a new listener you may not know you may need to go back in my archives and you may need to listen but if you've been with here with me from the beginning you guys know how in each and every episode every single week so you ready let's get to it if you ever hear your stomach growl because you're hungry and you're looking for somewhere to put some food in your stomach make a pit stop here at the let's feast food for thought podcast because i got some more food for you and that includes leftovers don't forget to leave a tip Bon Appetit, and there's your dessert. All right, guys, I'll see you next week for episode number 15 on the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. Thank you guys so much. I can't wait to get dive back into, come back to the table with another full serving. See you next week. Peace. Love you guys.